In today's episode, we're doing a quick COVID check-in. Hey everyone, welcome to the Pape Fatigue podcast, the podcast for dads by dads. With the recent change in guidance from the CDC on mask wearing, we just wanted to check in with each other and see how things are going. But before we get into that, here's my deal. I'm Dave. I have a seven-year-old daughter and a four-year-old boy. I'm Jim. I got a seven-year-old girl and a, and a five-year-old girl. Great. Well, so look, a few weeks ago, the CDC changed their guidance on mask wearing and said that fully vaccinated people may remove their masks for most activities. And this left a ton of parents, uh, Jim, like you and me, kind of wondering what to do since the vaccine is only approved for kids 12 and up. And, you know, before I guess we get into sort of how this has affected us and and sort of where we are today, I just wanted to sort of set up a baseline in terms of, you know, how did you guys handle things during COVID? Were you masked up, socially distanced? Like, if you can talk a little bit about sort of when we were in the throes of COVID, how you guys responded to that, and then we can talk a little bit about, you know, how this has affected the the, the new changes has affected us. This one year anniversary has been really interesting to reflect back on what it was like at the beginning, and I'm sure you remember it was, it was like a snow day, you know, like we didn't even leave the house. It was like we <laughs> yeah. were snowed in, or like we were in space or something, yeah. and just like we wouldn't go and like it felt dangerous outside, like zombie apocalypse or something like that. We did. <laughs> it was definitely a feeling of being hunkered down in the yeah. in the fort. And I mean, we were, so my wife, um, well, let me back up. So my, my brother and his wife are physicians. And so early on, I think it might even have been before the end of the year, they were warning us about this thing and it was really serious. And, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's like, you know, not really taking it seriously. And so the bottom line is that, uh, is that my wife and I were sort of early adopters of the, the COVID precautions and kind of uh, evangelicals for our friends. Uh, who weren't taking it seriously, and you know, we talked about flattening the curve, and you know, I'm being concerned about my my wife and uh, excuse me, my uh, my brother and his wife, and they're they're in healthcare workers, and I felt like I was doing it for them, mm-hmm. but early on, it was it, you know, it was genuinely scary, and there were times when I was outside, and you know, you get too close to somebody, or you know, I saw some people get into a, a almost a shoving match at the grocery store because the person standing behind them was standing too close. Mm, and the yeah. guy was, you know, he turned around, he's like, hey, back off, you know, mm-hmm. what are you doing? And uh, I don't think the lady that was behind him was wearing a mask. So anyway, we, we took it seriously, definitely stayed indoors, uh, used the masks when we were outdoors and and uh, just about all the time. Anytime we left the house, we had the mask on. Um, yeah, and obviously, in, you know, I would go to stores, the family stayed home, we did most stuff online. So we were, I would say that we were, very took it very seriously very isolated uh we're very you know didn't have any activities we didn't even see our family until we started to kind of figure out some of the protocols you know or some of the logistics i guess you know we had um but anyhow at the beginning we were very locked down yeah you know we were similar to you yeah i mean it was sort of that siege mentality right like don't go outside whatever you do and but yeah so you know yeah we sort of hunkered down um, and yeah, just like you, right. The, I mean, I don't think the kids have been into a store in, you know, whatever, 16 months, like, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. any kind of store at all. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm doing the shopping or, you know, we're doing whatever DoorDash or, you know, Amazon or whatever. So yeah, we've done a lot of that, uh, you know, certainly the socially distanced stuff. So yeah, you know, we took it pretty seriously and, uh, you know, when things kind of first hit, we knew that, all right, let's, you know, let's plan that we're going to be stuck indoors for a long time. So I'd actually gone as far as, I guess we started locking down in March. My kids' birthdays are kind of summerish, and I had gone as far as going like, I better order their birthday presents because like, uh-huh. who knows what's going to happen in the supply chain, you know, and at least, 
you know, while everything else going on in the world is kind of nutty, at least we can have a birthday for them. And so this was obviously what last year. So this year is very different. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we were in that same mentality of, okay, let's, you know, mask up and stay at home and, you know, uh, help with the curve and everything. So, you know, I guess prior to this announcement about the masks, right, things have started to be, you know, to ease up, you know, in terms of where we are, the numbers are going down uh, in terms of the number of, you know, per capita infection rates and deaths and all those kinds of things. And so, you know, how have you started to, if at all, sort of modify kind of how you guys handle the world, you know? And so just, I guess, maybe before we get into the masking piece, so between, you know, in that little portion where things are starting to get back to normal, like what is your, what is your new normal look like? You had said something earlier that kind of triggered a memory for me about like getting, uh, easing back into it. And I think it was maybe six weeks ago. Uh, I don't know if it was even two months, but there were, I remember having the feeling of doing some things that, that felt risky, you know, things that felt that would have made me more anxious and just being like, you know what, I got to get used to this, you know, mm-hmm. let's just start doing this and yeah. start, start uh, kind of feeling out the water and feeling out what it's like. So I think I've, ever since the beginning, I've kind of taken this as like a probabilities uh, mm-hmm. exercise, right? I think I'm going to make up some numbers. Like nine out of 10 people had never been exposed to COVID, right? Let's say that's the number. And of the people that have been exposed to COVID, there's a certain percentage that actually contracted it. And then of the people that contracted it, if I'm wearing a mask and you're wearing a mask, the, you know, it's down to like 30%. So you stack up those probabilities. Mm-hmm. And like the chances of me getting it are pretty low. Mm-hmm. But still, if you do get it, then the consequences are so high. So it's a, it's a low probability with a high consequence uh, that made it a kind of certain balancing act. So anyway, and taking those probabilities and is probably when people started to get vaccinated, uh, probably close to when school opened up again, too. Uh, it was it was an easing back into it. And now, I mean, I'm pretty comfortable where we are now. You know, I mask up uh, when I have to, but being outdoors without a mask, you know, feels okay. Yeah, you know, we started, I guess, uh, I don't know, it was a few months ago, going back to the playground. And, and I will say mm-hmm. that, you know, in terms yeah, the, of... The first time back to the playground was a big deal. Yeah, there's like... Anxiety is not quite the right word, but you certainly have your eyes open for like, is there anybody out here without a yeah, mask on? And, heightened awareness. Right. But the, the truth is, is that the data always suggested that, again, a lot, as long as you were in masks, but even that outdoor transmission is very, mm-hmm. very low. Yeah. But, you know... Even knowing that, it wasn't something where I was like, okay, let's run to the playground, you know. And early on, when we started going back to the playgrounds, I would tell the kids, I was like, look, we're going to the playground, but if I see a bunch of kids without masks, we're going home. Mm -hmm. So, like, don't get too excited about this because we don't know until we get there. And it it wasn't actually necessarily always, like, kids without masks. It was just, like, too many kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, at that point, I was still a little bit, like, not quite sure, right? And so it's like, look, if the playground's packed – or if there's a bunch of kids running around without masks, we're going home, like, just get used to it. And they were fine with that. They understood. And, you know, slowly over time, it's really, you know, we certainly go to more and more playgrounds. And I guess the one thing is, you know, I still keep an eye out for unmasked kids, but that's pretty rare. Like, I mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. granted that, you know, maybe before, the, again, this guidance came out, but it's, it's pretty rare to go to a playground and see anybody yeah parents or kids running around without masks obviously again there's the you know under two that's a little bit different right like Mm -hmm, that's a whole mm -hmm. different game and so i care less about 
care less is not the right word, but I'm you know, <laughs> less like, concerned. Yes, I'm less concerned about the two-year-old running around. But I will tell my kids like, hey, you know, that two-year-old, maybe give that kid a little bit of a wider berth. Yeah. But that's kind of, you know, so we started easing into that and then, you know, sort of slowly having um, play dates, you know, outside in the playground and, um, you know, allowing the kids to also eat during those play dates. So, mm-hmm. you know, sort of separating them but at least allowing them to, you know, see their friends and that kind of stuff. And so, you know, we've sort of gotten to that point now where going to the playground's not a big deal anymore. But that was yeah. certainly a thing that, you know, I felt that I sort of needed to ease into. And I, I you know, we're starting to, I think, slowly return to normal. Um, I, I've seen, you know, just in the last couple of weeks, all of a sudden there's birth, their birthday parties again, yeah. right? I mean, uh-huh. we've gone through 16 months, not yeah. a single, actually there was a birthday party, um, for a girl uh, in May of last year. And it was one of the, you know, drive-bys, right? So we, everybody yeah. jumped in the car and we, you know, waved out the window and, um, and that was the last, I mean, we've literally had one birthday in the last yeah little bit over a year, I'd say 13 months. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, like we had two birthdays on one day and then there's like yeah. all sorts of other activities. And I will say that, you know, people are kind of talking about like, well, you know, what are the things that you would like to keep from this, yeah, uh, you know, from this experience, and I said, like, not having constant birthday parties and events yeah. on the weekend is something yeah. that I would like to keep. Um, and, and I guess I would say that the birthday party. So this was just two weeks ago, but they were super jarring for me because they were lunchtime birthdays. And mm-hmm. I, had I known that, had I known how many people were being invited, I honestly would not have gone. I, mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't prepared for it because. Like the kids were unmasked, the adult were unmasked, and um, you know because there's like pizza and stuff like that. And again, this is before the mask, uh, the, mm-hmm. the change in the mask requirements came out, and so it, it was really abrupt for me. And I, again, anxiety is not quite the right word, but I was just like, wow, this is weird. And I'm yeah. like, let's go find a little space over here to eat your pizza. And some of the other families were doing that too. Like there was a picnic bench where there were some families, but other families for the picnic were at you know different areas of the park and then we come back. And so I would say that that was, um, an abrupt reentry. And if mm-hmm. I had to do it over again, I would not have, but it, it was sort of one of these like rip the bandaid off kind of deals. Right. And, you know, I think that that'll probably become increasingly normal. So, you know, we did that, like we went cherry picking last weekend and then we had a picnic with some, I mean, there were what four, four families, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's cherry picking, right? So you're not on top of each other. And then when our picnic, everybody, you know, plotted out their space with their blanket. And so, you know, we were all pretty distant, but still able to talk to each other. And, you know, so those kinds of things, certainly the outdoor stuff yeah, for the most I've always part, felt comfortable with that. Right. Like that feels like, okay, but I'm, I'm not ready for summer camps yet. I don't think for no, the kids. I, I mean, yeah. So, you know, but so, yeah, I think we're slowly reentering. So I guess, Maybe that's a good transition into, you know, with the new sort of mass guidance are, you know, how, if it all has that affected you kind of, how are you thinking about that? Are you going to continue to mask? Like, you know, all of those things, like, is there a new normal for you now knowing that, that the, the guidance has changed? Yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't really thought about what my sort of position is and all that. And, and thinking about with my family did some things outdoors today and thinking about how I was feeling. And I think that so if I, if I had to sort of nail down a principle, I think, so I I've, have my mask with me. Uh, usually I'll wear it maybe, you know, tucked under my chin. 
And if I see somebody else with a mask that is, you know, coming towards me or somebody I have to interact with, I'll put my mask up. And I I feel like it's, and it's not, it's, I don't really feel anxious about that, you know, particularly indoors is a different story, but outdoors, uh, I'm okay with that. But if someone else has their mask up, it's, it's kind of like an act of consideration, you know, if, if, if they want the mask up, fine, you know, I'll put mine up too, but I'm generally outdoors. I'm, I'm starting to feel pretty relaxed about it. Yeah, good. Yeah, you know, I think uh, for me, at least right now, I plan to continue to wear the mask. And I think part of that is that specifically based on the age of the kids that I think it's hard to have two sets of rules. Um, You know, again, my youngest is four. He'll be five soon. But you know, he's great at the mask. Actually, for most of the year, he wears the mask in the car. Like, he's just like, ah, you know. And there are times where, like, you can take the mask off. He's like, no, it's fine. So, yeah. you know, he's doing great with the mask. And I guess I just don't want it to become this thing where, like, hey, why do you get to take the mask off and I don't? So I think part of it is it just it allows us to kind of keep that thread of, like, hey, I'm wearing a mask. And then at some point, I'm sure the kids will ask, well, you know, you're still wearing a mask, but why aren't those people wearing a mask? And then we'll mm-hmm. have a discussion about that. But I, so I think one, it's just for me personally, I think it's easier for the kids. The other thing too is that, again, I'm not quite sure that anxiety is the right word, but I, I'm not sure if mentally I'm ready to take the mask off yet. And it, mm-hmm. it's funny, I, mm-hmm. I, was re- I was reading this article and it was like um, something to the effect of, you know, people believe in science until they don't. Right? Exactly. <laughs> right? yeah. And yeah. I know that the science says what it says on the fact that you can take the mask off. And if you're fully vaccinated, you know, that uh, you're unlikely to get it. If you do get it, you're unlikely to be hospitalized. And I think also very importantly, you're unlikely to pass it on to anybody, yeah. which is, I mm-hmm. think, the other component of this masking thing. Because Part of it, too, to me feels like this whole masking thing was off and on. It was like, first, you don't need masks. Then you do need masks. First, it only protects other people. Now it protects everyone. You know, I think this, the the communication around why to mask has not always been really clear. But I do mm-hmm. think that, you know, part of it is, uh, for me, just, um, you know, keeping the mask on still is maybe it's that protective shell until I'm sort of mentally ready. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think also, as you mentioned I think the last piece is, again, as I kind of read more and more and and understand sort of like all the people that are affected and, you know, in particular sort of the immunocompromised who they absolutely can get the shot, but the effectiveness of that shot is still way up in the air. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, part of the reason that I think it makes sense for me to wear a mask is 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 for those people, because I don't know what, you know, somebody walking down the street, I don't know what their deal is. And so, yeah, I think, as you point out, right, as a sign of of. It's not deference to them, but like a sign of respect, I guess. Yeah. But I kind of like how, consideration. yeah, consideration. And I like how you think about it, though, is that like, well, you know, if I see somebody wearing the mask, then I'll pull mine up. And because, yes, like if you see a bunch of unmasked people, then, you know, they're clearly. Mm-hmm. They're cool uh, with it. Yeah. Right. They're either cool with it or they've chosen not to get vaccinated right. for whatever reason. But, yeah, I think that you're the idea that you have of like having it around. If you see somebody coming the other way, just pulling it up. I think it's a good one because, yeah, I mean, I've just been reading so much. There was this uh, one article in particular that I was reading about. It was this woman. I think she was in her mid-20s, and her, her grandmother had passed away from COVID. And she's like, you know, and you actually hear a lot about this. Like people, when they get their first vaccination shot, it's a really an emotional experience for them mm-hmm. if they've lost somebody because they, they yeah. think about that person who never had the chance. And she's like, you know, I'm going out in the world. I'm not ready to take my mask off. And part of that is I do that to honor my grandmother who was never able to get that chance. And I think that, you know, people have been scarred by this. And so if me wearing a mask helps somebody to feel a little safer, 
I'm fine with that. You know, to me, the mask was never that big of a deal. It, it didn't bother me. Um, you know, so th to me, that's a small price to pay to make somebody feel maybe a little bit safer. And um, so, yeah, you know, and, and we'll see. I mean, at some point I'll, you know, it'll probably feel more natural for me to go out of the house without the mask. But I think at least in the short term here, I'll continue to wear the mask outdoors and then obviously indoors for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I am looking forward to getting back to some of the the specialty grocery stores that I have yeah. not gone into in like 16 months. And my kids are like, when can you get that thing? And I'm like, oh, it's so close. I'm like almost fully there. And so um, to be able to have some semblance of normalcy um, – and, you know, I think the kids probably, I'm still not ready for the kids to walk into a store yet. Mm -hmm. um, and we were talking recently about kind of some of the things that we might consider doing again with, you know, and now the vaccination rates are going up and all these things. And, and my wife was like, hey, you know, do you want to go to a theme park? And I'm like, I mean, you know, it's outdoors, but you're mostly standing in line. And so that yeah. I'm not clear that that for me personally, that doesn't yet feel like, um, it's okay to bring the kids as an adult. I would be perfectly fine with that, but because the kids are unvaccinated again, we talked about this right again, the data suggests that the kids are unlikely to get it. If they do get it, they're unlikely to get super sick from it. Again, it's all the problem, but there are those instances. And so it feels like a small trade off to be like, well, let's wait one year to go to whatever Disneyland or the local theme park, you know, before we go back, mm -hmm. um, just sort of out of a preponderance of caution, I guess. But, you know, how do you feel like, I guess, are there, are there things that you now are like, we're absolutely willing to do that now based on kind of the science and the direction that the, the, the vaccinations are going in that just like maybe last week or last month, you're like, eh, it feels a little sketchy to me. I think probably getting together with family. That's, that was been, that was a big benchmark for us or a big threshold, I think, where the last sort of family gathering is my, my brother's family and, and uh, the grandma's. Are all nearby and so the last gathering when we were all together was in november and we just got together again about two weeks ago uh and uh and it was fine we're all vaccinated you know whereas so before we had a, a sort of pseudo outdoor thing it was around thanksgiving where we were set up in my mom's garage she had the garage door open we had the windows open we had a you know a space heater uh everyone is masked and we were all socially distanced and so that was that was the last interaction that we had with family and then this two weeks ago we're all vaccinated. Um, you know, you, you were talking about things that we didn't do before. We didn't go. We didn't go inside unless we had to use the the washroom. Mm -hmm. And so this time around, everyone was vaccinated. We weren't wearing masks. Hugs, hanging out yeah. in the kitchen together. You know, making lunch. And that really that was something that I was not comfortable doing, even just a couple of months ago. And I think the vaccination has a big part of it, or is a big part of it for me. Um, it, there's uh, I know somebody who uh, he and his wife both were vaccinated. And and she tested positive for COVID, but had zero symptoms, zero symptoms at yeah. all. So that gives me a lot of encouragement that the vaccination is is, uh, is pretty, I don't know what's the right word, robust, you know, that it's going to be uh, effective for us. Yeah. You know, we also that I think that that watershed moment of saying, OK, we're ready to see family. And yeah, like like you, I mean, I, I think that we the last time we saw my parents was, I think, summertime of last year. And. I've mentioned in previous podcasts that, you know, we used to go over there every Friday for dinner. And mm -hmm. so to kind of cut the kids off from that was pretty abrupt. And, you know, my daughter FaceTimes, my son also FaceTimes grandma, but it's, you know, it's not the same. But yeah, it's sort of as they, they were vaccinated because they're older, obviously, and they were vaccinated. 
fully vaccinated, I would say probably about a month or two maybe at this point. And then, you know, a little bit longer. And then what they have started to do is my dad picks the kids up from school on Fridays, which is great. So this is the second Friday, second or third Friday that he's done it. And then we've started to kind of slowly get back to having dinner over there on Fridays. And mm-hmm. um, it was nice. nice. Yeah, I mean, so this week, the weather's been a little funky this week. So we actually had our first indoor meal, which uh, has been very, very rare. I mean, it was, well, it's been over a year since we've had an indoor meal, mm-hmm. well, a little bit less than a year since we've had an indoor meal. So I think, yeah, that, that we're all starting to get a sense of like, okay, the family stuff. Also, uh, you know, I think within reason, right, we – we trust family. That's part of it, right? Like, you, you know, they say they're not going out. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I trust that you're doing the right thing. And so I think that's kind of the, that's when you sort of crack the door open to seeing family. And then, you know, you a little bit longer than now you're seeing friends and your, you know, life sort of gets back to those pre-COVID days. And I think it feels like we're maybe going down the path to, you know, having more play dates and things like that. Um, we have had some play dates with kids that are like, you know, the parents are like fully vaccinated and, you know, the, the, their, their kids are classmates. So like, you know, if they were going to get sick, they were going to get sick. So whether they're in your house or my house or not, or at least they're exposed. So we've, we've had one of those um, where our daughter went over to somebody's house. The family was fully vaccinated. So, you know, those kinds of things feel like they're you know, just a few weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we probably wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that we're going to go out and invite a kid over to our house every week. But like, if somebody brings it up, it's not the sort of immediate no right. that it would have been like two weeks ago. It's like, all right, we'll think about it. And I think that the other thing too is around here, people are pretty open about their their vaccination status. And I know that it can be a touchy subject with some people. But usually, like in that instance, when the parent, when this family was like, hey, you know, is it okay to have your daughter over? Like, we're fully vaccinated. Like, people usually, I think, preface that understanding that everybody has different levels of comfort. And it wasn't a lot of times, like, the parents will talk to each other before the kids get Mm -hmm. looped in in case one parent goes, like, no, I'm not comfortable with that. There's not a bunch of like tears of like, well, I don't understand. So I think, you know, the parents are pretty good about, um, respecting i guess where everybody stands um and and their comfort level with you know being vaccinated are you guys thinking about so we, i think we talked about the fact that you know neither one of us seems ready yet for the um summer camps but do you think that you you know it's it's a little bit hard to say because we're so far away but do you think that maybe by september you might start getting back into like after school activities as you know that that potentially we're back to sort of the normal school year kind of thing. It'll be interesting to see in the fall. And I think um, maybe you and I had talked about it. Probably masks for kids in the fall. That's probably what's going to happen. But yeah. I think the after school activities would be fine. Uh, things like swimming, that still feels kind of weird. You know, that feels very vulnerable. You got, you know, water in your sinuses, you're close to people. It seems a little risky, but uh, certainly the outdoor activities, things like soccer, basketball, um, those are things I'd be comfortable with. Yeah, I, it certainly feels like the school year will start at least where we are masked because the, you know, I, I, the earliest I've seen in terms of projections for having a vaccine for younger kids is is September is sort of the earliest. And I don't know if that you know if our youngest will hit that cutoff right because you know f- will the five year olds will it, you know is the next tier like five to 12 where's the cutoff is it eight to 12 so you know we could be in a situation where our oldest are eligible for the vaccine but the younger ones aren't 
I think that we're starting to feel like, yeah, probably, you know, September, you know, getting back to sort of a normal after school activities. And, you know, I, I'm really torn with the pool because I, like you believe mm -hmm. like that's a Petri dish, you know, like yeah, that's it's what it feels like to me. Right. But at the same time, I'm kind of like if, if there were problems, we would have heard about pools closing right and left. Right. Like right. if, if it was spreading in pools, they would already be shut down and they're not. And so I am completely on the fence because, you know, our daughter's been wanting, I mean, it's been whatever, 16 months that she's been in a pool and she just wants to get back in. And that, that's the one that has me the most torn. I mean, she's not asking to go back to jujitsu and that one doesn't feel like it's safe either, given that it's all grappling. But, you know, in terms of the after school activities that she used to do, the pool is the one she's really pushing for. And I, I'm really kind of like, you know, do we do it? my wife and I are both hesitant. I feel like maybe if I did a little bit more research, I might be able to convince the emotional side of me that it's okay. But I think that the analytic side says it's, it's probably okay given that the pools are open and nothing's mm -hmm. been shut down and, you know, like community tracing should be, you know, fairly simple at this point since the cases are kind of under control. Although they say that testing in general has fallen quite a bit. But that's, I guess, the one that I'm really the most sort of on the fence about uh, in terms of the after school. But I think that, yeah, come September, we'll be back to, you know, sort of pre-pandemic after school activities. Singing might not be, but I think, you know, some of the others will certainly be, uh, will be back, certainly soccer and some of the other things. What about your, you and your family and travel? And I, I ask because my wife recently made a hotel reservation for later in the year. And it's the first time I had to think about that, about either travel on the road or yeah. uh, on an airplane or going to a hotel. Yeah. You know, I think that I'm not yet ready to travel on a plane with the kids, again, because of their vaccination status. I think that um, traveling in a car is just you're less exposed simply because you can do the takeout. You can eat in the car. Uh, you know, we have a, another podcast where we do, you know, tips and on road trips and stuff like that. And you had the, the porto potty and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I, I think there are ways to sort of be safe. But, you know, the other thing, too, is that when you're I mean, I guess one caveat is when you're in the car, you could be traveling through areas that have really high coronavirus cases, mm -hmm. right, that you may or may not realize. So I think that's one thing where at least if you're on a plane, like, I mean, you don't know where everybody is, but still. And, I, you know, the plane is another one where for the most part, there haven't been a lot of indications that it's spreading like wildfire on planes. I mean, the last time I saw any research, it was like you had to be literally in the, sitting next to the person or the, the row in front or the row behind. Like you literally had to be within, you know, this, that sort of whatever, you know, small bubble of seats. So it's uh, what, th you know, three in front, three, so six, like eight. You have to be like, there's eight, if you're like in the middle seat, there are like eight mm -hmm. people around you. You'd have to be one of those eight people to get it. Um, and so my understanding is, you know, the filters that they have on the planes, they recirculate the air so quickly and so often that it is not necessarily as risky as one might think. Although, mm -hmm. again, I'm not ready yet. I'm certainly not ready to take an international flight. Um, but I know people that have and, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, we started to talk about, you know, when we're thinking about going on vacation and it feels like, I think as a family, we're thinking that it's probably, you know, summertime of 2022, 
with the caveat that maybe in the fall, if, you know, the kids are able to get vaccinated, we can take a, a nice little road trip, you know, for, you know, we've got this weird October break or the December break or maybe a Thanksgiving break or something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, so kind of how did you guys, it sounds like you were maybe on different ends of the spectrum in terms of, of uh, the risk analysis there. How did you, you know, what was that conversation like? Yeah, well, I hadn't even thought about it. So the the fact that we had the hotel reservation made me have to think about it. Mm-hmm. And like you with airplanes, there are a couple of places like airports, airplanes, uh, some of the kids' museums that, that are uh, nearby. I just assume somebody's yeah. going to get sick. That's <laughs> yeah. just my base assumption. You know, one of the kids or somebody, and if they get sick, then everyone in the family is going to get sick. And so airplanes have been airplanes have been low on my list, but I, I talked to a lot of people that have traveled and they, they said they felt safe. Uh, you know, my mother-in-law recently went to Hawaii and they did the testing and everyone, and she felt comfortable because everyone on the plane, she knew everyone on the plane had been tested and was negative. Mm-hmm. And then when she was in Hawaii, because they've had such, uh, such strict regulations about it, she said a lot of people, you know, outdoors, not a lot of people wearing masks. And she said everyone kind of felt comfortable with that, or at least she did. Um, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not there. I think traveling by an airplane is, I mean, you're just in, you're rubbing elbows with so many people from so many different right. backgrounds and you have no idea. Like you said, maybe they're coming from a County that's got a, a high infection rate or a County that doesn't take the, the protocol seriously. You know, you never know. Yeah. I was reading somewhere that human beings are terrible at assessing risk, right? Totally. Like, yeah. You know, we're either, we either, you know, like you should never fly because, you know, one plane is a problem, but, or, you know, we're the exact opposite in the spectrum. And I think, you know, this is a great example of how we're just, we're not good at assessing risk. But part of it too, is that it's, I think some of it is at least when I was reading, because early on, I'm like, well, it seems like it's kind of safe to fly oddly enough. And then I was reading something that like, well, part of it is because there weren't a lot of studies done. Yeah. About yeah. that like, okay, well, that's that's a little bit different. So, yeah, I mean, it. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting to kind of see how things play out in the next few months here, right? Like, it sounds like we're going to need to get boosters. It sounds like they're on track for the younger kids to be vaccinated, at least by the end of the year, or at least to be available. Whether or not you know they will have uh, vaccines available. I think is another question. It seems like they probably will, but um, you know, there's, there was the run on vaccines for the 12 to I think it was the 12 to 15 year olds, the most recent tranche of kids that were able to get a vaccine. So yeah, I think that that, that will dictate a lot of how our, you know, fall travel schedule uh, firms up and, you know, who knows if the kids are vaccinated, maybe we just bolt somewhere for, for Christmas just to get out. We'd grab the parents and, you know, get out of town. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, we're, um, the kids are certainly stir crazy, you know, I wouldn't mind going somewhere, but yeah, there is that sort of like whole, you know, if you're going to go somewhere, (laughs) you got to get there somehow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what is your comfort level with, with that? And, and, uh, at this point for me, it's, it's a little early to be like, I'm willing to jump on a plane in December, but, um, a lot of things can change in the next couple of months and, you know, in the right direction or the wrong direction. So, you're talking about following the science and you, you talk about the risk and everyone's sort of personal risk assessment. So I wanted to ask you, as far as your uh, comfort level or getting back to normal, do you have benchmarks or thresholds or data that once you know, then you'll be comfortable with it? Or are you still going with a sort of intuitive, uh, intuitive sense? And not that I care one way or the other. Yeah. You know, I mean, it feels like at least where we live, 
the the data already suggests that you know we're doing pretty good like i think we're in the top five most vaccinated countries counties in the country Mm -hmm. uh you know so that that feels pretty safe like they're saying that we could this area could approach herd immunity in the next month or so outstanding right and so those are all the things that you go okay well the data suggests it's fine so i think that yeah part of it is that just um it, it, yeah it's it's just that you you've sort of been for 16 months you've trained yourself keep the mask mm -hmm. on stay mm -hmm. away cross you know cross the street when somebody's crossing with you know and so it just i think part of it is it just takes a little bit of time to break those habits like actually one thing i'm not clear that i want to do anytime soon is jump on public transit yeah, right. you know, that's but, another one. Right, right. Everyone's getting sick sooner or later. Yeah, and, and like that one again. I mean, I, I haven't heard of any outbreaks on public transit in sixteen months. But you know, people still got to get to work. But that's not something I'm ready to do. I mean, because look, before the pandemic, that place was a petri dish to begin with. Mm -hmm, so, like mm -hmm. on top of it, so yeah, I think that the numbers and the data is already there, and it's really just a function of. I have to sort of wrap my emotional brain around the fact that it's okay. You know, the, the, the science is there. It's backing up the fact that, you know, it's okay. The last thing I saw too, is that, um, you know, Pfizer and uh, Moderna seem to be holding up pretty well to the variants also. Cause that's, mm -hmm. that's a concern. Yeah, I read that as well, but they seem to be holding up pretty well. So, you know, I, I, I think that the data is there and it's just the emotional, the, the head case part. Yeah, I'm with you. And like, like I said, it was six weeks ago or something where I had I felt that emotional transition happening of like, you know, it's time to start doing this stuff. It makes me uncomfortable, but let's start doing it, get used to it. Yeah. And I think some of that is, you know, for some people, the right thing is to kind of push themselves a little bit at a time until they're sort of back. And, and for, again, some of the people that are just scarred, like, wait, wait until you're ready. You know, just you don't have to feel like just because everybody's got their mask off, like you need to take yours off. If you're not mm -hmm. ready, don't do it. Right. And um, yeah, for me, like, I, you know, we've been we've been lucky, you know, over here in my family. Um, you know, we've kept our jobs and, and, you know, we haven't known anyone directly who's passed away from coronavirus. So, you know, we've been super lucky. And despite that, I'm still feeling like, nah, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to take the mask off yet, but it'll happen. You know, it's just a matter of time. And um yeah, yeah, I might, be, I might be the weird guy with the mask still on, you know, but but that's okay. I'm fine with that, and and I think that that's the other thing too is that you know, for, for everybody, you know, within your within your group of friends and family, you know, I think people respect should respect you enough to go like, oh, you want to wear the mask, knock yourself mm -hmm. out, yeah, right. and and I think vice versa. Like, so I, I guess that's the other important point to make is that just because I feel that I want to keep wearing the mask, I don't look at people with the side eye simply because they feel more ready to get rid mm -hmm. of the mask, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think that certainly if you are um, an adult without kids, I think that that you might be able to, you might be ready to rip that thing off way fast, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's fine. Well, we hope you found today's episode informative. If you'd like to support the podcast and hear more discussions around fatherhood, please subscribe and drop us a review. If you have any questions, hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash papayfatigue. That's P-A-P-A-E-S-T-F-A-T-I-G-U-E. Thanks for listening.